Hey everyone, welcome back to A Bite of D&D, the podcast that adds flavor to your games and campaigns. I am Zach, and sitting across the interwebs is my co-host, Micah. Hey guys. And also a guest, Catherine. Hello. So today is going to be a special episode, a guest episode. We are going to interview Catherine as she is a brand new or at least I would call her a brand new DM. We'll find out more about that later. And so we're just going to kind of, like we did with Devin a few months ago, we're going to kind of get a feel for what she thinks about all this. Uh, this is slowly becoming a recurring segment on here as we encourage slash slightly force our friends <laughs> to try their hand at DMing games and we know a lot of people out there in the community are nervous or scared about running their first game, so we figured why not bring some people in who are fresh off of running stuff so they can tell everyone how dreadfully terrifying it is. Exactly. Also, I think that it's fun for people who are played the same game for years to hear people who are excited about it, people who have fresh takes on it, things like that, and you get a lot of that from new people. So, Catherine, mm -hmm. the first thing that I'd like to talk to you about, ask you about is I think that I'm always interested in what did you choose to do for your first game, for your first campaign, for your first adventure? Give me the elevator pitch for what you're doing currently. <laughs> okay. Essentially, it's, it's pretty homebrew, and it is basically something that is a consequence of the past event of a previous adventuring party kind of meshing accidentally sort of meshing a little bit of the edges of the Feywild and the material plane together. Mm. Um, so there's like little or big pocket dimension kind of things uh, that are influenced by both realms at the time of that they are forming. And this whole campaign revolves around what the party and the different groups of people and the people who are actually in charge do in terms of utilizing those spaces and what can be found in those spaces. So basically it's an adventure about adventurers messing everything up <laughs> and a new group of adventurers going in to make it worse. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say hopefully make it right, but uh but probably at I least mean, at first. If any group I've ever played in is the measuring stick, they will most <laughs> definitely make it worse. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It'll be good. So the Feywild, so something drew you to that. Tell me what you like about the Feywild. I love how vibrant it is. I love all the descriptions of it bringing out uh, the truest form of some aspect of a person. Ooh. And I love, I've just always loved, you know, mystical, mm -hmm. natural places in general. So... Mm -hmm. All of that together. You bring up a point that I like that I probably haven't thought of with the Feywild before, though, in that it bringing out the truest aspect of creatures or people there. Mm -hmm. And so naturally, I feel like your players will need to develop weird quirks or physical traits based on how they behave in these areas now, sure. which is, I think, a great way to spin kind of the Fey magic tampering mm -hmm. with things. Thanks. I also like it because the Feywild tells me as a player exactly what kind of game I'm probably walking into. <laughs> like you said, it's going to be whimsical. It's going to have some heavy nature themes. And I kind of also know what kind of a character 
or what types of characters would fit well in that and which characters would feel really outside of that. And maybe there's a good blend there, but I like, I like when a DM presents a setting that I can grasp onto from the very get go. So that's cool. I wanted to give them something that they could theatrically latch onto almost immediately. One of the main, if it's cool, if I go into this right now, Oh yeah. Uh, one of the main differences, I guess, about the party that I'm DMing versus all of the other parties I've ever been a part of is that they are all from my LARP. So they're all LARPers. And so they're all going to be coming into this like really role play heavy and they're going to want to experience a kind of combat that they don't get to experience in LARP. So hmm. it'll be fun to sort of give that opportunity to them to have a new side of fantasy gaming. <laughs> so new combat. So uh, see. You you talked about you told me before that a lot of your that this game was going to focus on some players that were LARPers and it's going to be a lot of role play. So it's interesting now that you're bringing in combat. So is the point of this to give them a lot of combats or to be very technical mechanical combats or what's your ideas there? The goal that I have is for them to come out of not not necessarily every combat but come out of a good number of them thinking. That was really cool in a way that I couldn't have experienced out at LARP. So hmm. meaning like different changing settings or different factors that you can, you are physically and mentally unable to keep track of while you're keeping track of LARP numbers and all that stuff. Just a different side of experiencing combat, like Great. from a, almost a theatrical Well, place. there's definitely a lot that goes into that, that obviously we're not necessarily... Some people would be physically capable of doing, <laughs> but some of the acrobatic maneuvers, the the yeah. kind of the third dimension as far as uh, heights and things, having different levels mm-hmm. within the combat where they have to worry about things above them as well. Because as far as I have seen, I have not seen anyone out on a LARPing field actually flying around. <laughs> not that I know of. So there's definitely some cool aspects that you could definitely bring in that you're not going to see out there plus i mean there's just some monsters and things that you give a good description to and that's that'll already have a different feel to it than waging war on other people Mm -hmm. so how many players do you have currently what's your what's your roster i have five and then i have one more who is going to try it out and see if he wants to stick around or not next session Five to six is a really good number, That's good. in my opinion. Yeah, Five is the best number, which yeah. is why uh, our group has five. Yeah. Coincidence. <laughs> no, it's great. Six is also good. That just means if anyone can't show up, you guys can still get some stuff done, and you don't have to feel like the, the night is wasted, and people don't have to feel guilty about having you know a real life going on. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty easy to manage without being too chaotic one way or the other. So are you using a lot of minis and terrain and maps and things like that, or are you doing a lot of theater, theater of the mind? A little bit of half and half. As soon as, as soon as you roll initiative, at least in my brain, I have to have the grid. Mm. At, so it's otherwise I'll just get everything mixed up and uh-huh. like see where everyone is in front of me. So I'm everybody is bringing their mini, and I'm using terrain tiles and just a regular grid just depending on the situation for that and i've actually just started making my own stuff like my Mm. own terrain tech yeah technically i've just made a couple towers so far but 
cool. Are you, so are you like going to be doing the the grass and the fields and everything and like building terrain or how are you making yours? I'll probably just do features upon the land rather than the actual actual Which, land. To be fair, is probably the more interesting parts anyway. Mm-hmm. Like if you can have like buildings or the towers that you've got, create mm-hmm. stuff like that for them to be like, oh, I'm ducking behind this. I feel like it's pretty easy for people to imagine the whatever setting you describe. Right. So yeah. uh, I've always found that the the additional features are, are my favorite part. So you're someone who, by and large, came into this from... T- tell me how you got into D&D. Was it through streaming or was it through playing with people? Or how did, how, how did you come into this world? Well, I was sort of aware of it on the periphery of of life <laughs> and uh-huh. I always sort of thought it would be really cool to try because I loved the I loved the imaginative aspect and the the acting out of character aspect but I didn't think I could there was there was a weird thing in my brain and I'm not saying that this is being perpetuated now but there was a weird thing in my brain that was like Unless you are really, really good at math, and unless you're a guy, then you're not going to belong. Um, hmm. There's, I, you, you are not alone. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, you, it's being combated more now, mm-hmm. which is good within the community. Um, you still have some pockets of futile resistance of people who are somehow angry about that (laughs) but there's definitely a stigma especially with the older versions the the, it was a lot of math simulator Mm -hmm. where characters were oftentimes second to all of your pluses and minuses and Mm -hmm. nonsense else going on i do think fifth is probably my favorite addition as far as getting more people into it and it's also been the biggest addition of kind of bringing everybody in so that is a very accurate but unfortunate frame of mind to have been in it's changing yeah and i was gonna ask so what broke that stigma that you mentioned what broke that stigma for you in your mind yeah a friend of mine friend who's a girl she she we sort of got to talking about it because she actually i think she was starting to dm and she'd been playing for a while and she was super hyped about it and and i was kind of like what like you can I could I could do that. Like it's a it's different than I thought it was. And so she helped me roll up my first character just cuz I was super interested in at least seeing what that was like. Uh-huh. Um and and she had to stop me because I was going off about backstory and blah 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 and she was like, "Okay, we have to focus." Right. So, so you made your first character and you immediately caught the disease of <laughs> I need to do this a 100 more times yes. and make too many things that I will never play. Yes. Yes. Definitely. And now they're going to be in my campaign, so it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) That is the advantage of uh, obsessively making characters. You can just dump them into other things you do. (laughs) So you had a friend that helped you create a character. You said, hey, that makes a lot of sense. I like doing this part of it. Mm -hmm. And then she introduced you to hands-on play? To Roll20, because at the time, we we both tried to find other people that wanted to play, but we were in a community that was maybe not super excited about D&D. <laughs> so, uh, roll 20, and then I, I did a one-shot there, and then I was like, I have to do this with people in person. This is amazing <laughs> and important. And so I bugged 
a couple of my friends and finally they were all like, all right, we can try a one shot. I've been kind of interested in it. So they all got together and one of them DM'd and we kept going two or three sessions a week for like an entire six to eight months. It was like, it was really intense. There were times when we were playing D&D more often than not. Whenever we weren't like working, we were just in the basement. That's it cool. was it was awesome. Yeah. That that's that's the dream that very few get to live. I was about to say, how long ago was that experience? <laughs> it was um it was actually only two years ago. Okay. That's uh, not too bad. Yeah, because we were uh, we were our group as a group of friends had experienced something that was very difficult. And so we were in situations in which it was more important than normal to be around each other and to help each other. Sure. That's cool. It's great that, I mean, a game in general, but it's exciting that D&D was able to do that for for you. I find, it seems like every week I'm getting online or, or talking to people and I see cool stories of this game helping somebody do something sometimes it's like you did it helps people get through something sometimes it helps people whether it's kids at school or something you know adapt or grow or learn something whether that's reading or math or whether that's social skills or whether that's you know people in prison doing it or people in the military Mm -hmm. like there's just always a really cool story about hey this game helped us through this and that to me is like a really cool feature of it. It's really cool. It's beautiful. So I'm excited to hear that from you um, <laughs> because that's I got into it the traditional way that this is not my story, but but I got into it the traditional way of a whole bunch of guys with math skills in a basement uh, ten years ago. Uh-huh. So it's it's really cool to see there being different stories now. The yeah you you say like how it how it helps different people through things or or do things and sometimes and like that's that's super true with that whole situation but then also with this dming thing i've only actually dm'd one session which i think is the point that you were wanting to get to uh before i've only actually dm'd one session but even just the idea of like all right i'm going to be running this game is like i'm not very used to being in charge or being encouraged Mm. to be in charge yeah. So in a very non-controlling way, most of the time, unless you're talking about characters' backstories, uh, <laughs> then it's been really cool to experience, like, this is what it feels like to be kind of in an authoritative position almost, and people aren't questioning that. Yeah, that's I, really interesting. I think it's funny that you say that you're not used to being in that kind of position, because in my game, oh my you're gosh. very much the guys, we need to get this done, it's and so very scary. much the voice of reason in the group <laughs> most of the time. It's, so That's been so hard to play, man. <laughs> it's so scary. I mean, I, I, I don't know if it's a similar experience, but I will say that I don't know that I am more comfortable than I am when I am behind the screen. We don't really play uh, with an actual DM screen since we're online. But that's about the only time I would say that I can speak with confidence to other people unless I'm being paid to do it at work. Otherwise, I do not talk to anyone. I do not go out of my way to stand out. And then I get I'm, – I'm running the game and I'll do the voices. I'll do everything mm-hmm. and it's fine. It's different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that is a cool thing about 
about that is that because you're throwing yourself into a different role, you don't necessarily have the same inhibitions that you did outside of that. Mm-hmm. For sure, I l- yeah. I like – so let, let me let me revert one step backwards. You talked about this was your first session. I like to know – I think I asked Devin this last time. You said you were nervous, but talk to me about how how it felt, what you did going up to it, you know, prep or whatever, how you felt going into it, and then how you felt when it was actually happening. Because I think that's what – like we talked about at the beginning, people – there's a lot of people that are very nervous about doing this exact same thing, and they want to know like, OK, how would that feel like? And so your experience can be a practice session for them in knowing how, how this whole thing might feel. So what I did – at first, at first, I tried to populate all of my settlements with NPCs. Like, I tried to draw out everything. And I got about one village done, and I was like, this is not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, um, so then I just, I have a little book that has, like, NPC ideas in, like, one or two sentences. So I have that that I can pull out whenever, and I have, like, highlight NPCs that they're definitely going to meet if they go to this place, unless mm-hmm. it's, you know, it, there's always exceptions. But I did a lot. I think I spent the most time on my map because for for me personally, I need to have picture in my head, some sort of image of, like, this town is to the west of this city and stuff like that so that I can figure out like oh this is this is near mountains so it's going to have this sort of effect on what's going on and you know for me the fey rifts the little pocket dimensions they're going to be affected differently based on the environment so i spent a lot of time doing that and and in doing that is how i got a lot of my flavor for a lot of mm-hmm. the different yeah. uh, settlements kind of surprising actually like once once you start plotting it out just the ideas just it just kind explode. of flows yeah. yep yeah, it's really cool. And then basically, aside from that, I just sort of read stuff. I read the official stuff I read, like homebrew stuff. I'm online. I'm still doing that. I mean, the best content creators steal things from everywhere and <laughs> then just make it work for what they want to happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I do not know anybody who has not stolen a handful of ideas to make their game work. That's fair. I mean, if it's a good idea, why not? Like your players will probably enjoy it too. So you so you populated, you created maps, mm-hmm. you 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 read a whole bunch of stuff to get inspiration, mm-hmm. and and so now you have your world built, you have your ideas, you've got your players, and mm-hmm. you sit down. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that first game. Tell me, uh, you know, maybe not necessarily the. We probably don't have time to get into the story of how that first session was, yeah. but tell me about how it the how it felt to run and and yeah. Yeah, it was. A, I want to say something better than a really cool experience, but it was a really cool experience. <laughs> um, the the way that I th- okay, I thought I would need to encourage this. This is I, I'm aware this is different in different parties, but I thought oh, sure. I ne- would need to encourage them to take actions and encourage them to uh, role play with each other. And I found that. They were all instantly engaged and very excited about everything that was going on and everything around them and each other. And, I mean, partly it might partly be, be because they all LARP together, too. Yeah. Uh, that's probably a big factor in how well they meshed. But just, they, they were just so happy to be there, and they were so 
into what was going on just because it was D&D and they were playing that it was really easy to kind of yeah it was it was really easy I mean cool in in the moment all the prep time yeah. made it really easy <laughs> it never feels easy <laughs> until you play and then whenever you get done it's like well that was less of a disaster than I thought it was yeah <laughs> well and I like like you said it having good players that know each other and that are excited to play makes your job so much easier. It's when you, it's when you are warring against people who don't really want to be there or who weren't really prepared or who aren't engaged in a number of ways. That's what it gets difficult to say. How do I Mm -hmm. pull some energy into this three hour session? Now, kind of in the opposite direction of that, you mentioned that you initially were mapping out every NPC for a village and populating that and you quickly decide that was not what you want to do. Is there anything else that you did either during the session or beforehand that you're like, I would do that differently. I I don't like how that turned out or mm-hmm. did everything go just perfect? <laughs> I think I would have mm. It's all it's all little things at least in this in this case for this one singular session I've ever done. Uh, <laughs> it's all it's all little stuff like oh I need to make sure that I don't accidentally start doing this NPC's voice while I'm being that NPC. And <laughs> something like that everybody does it. We just got <laughs> back from Pack South and Jeremy Crawford ran the acquisitions game fantastically but even he i i gotta chuckle out of it just because it makes me feel better about running my game (laughs) but even he will have like go from one character to another and the accent kind of bleeds over into the other and Mm -hmm. you see him kind of fix it halfway through the Mm -hmm. sentence Mm -hmm. (laughs) that is that is something you you will always do and yeah no that that one is by and large something everyone uh struggles with okay well that's that's nice. That's better. <laughs> so we're actually running, I think, pretty close on time here. Mm. So we're going to – any any parting words here? I'm going to just say real quick that it's because you're the second one that we've had. Mm-hmm. I am really excited about well, – like Micah said earlier, the fact that a lot of our players – I'll claim you as our players yeah. um, even though you, ran, you played games before you played with us. But I'm really excited about our players stepping in and saying, hey, I'm going to try DMing. And I'm really excited that they seem to be enjoying it. I think you're the third, maybe fourth person from our regular groups who said, hey, I think DMing is going to be something that I can do. And that to me says, like you said, it's just exciting. And it show, it gives you opportunities to learn and grow and do things. Mm-hmm. And to me, I, I think I told our uh, another friend of ours, Katie, that uh, the other day that it makes me feel tangentially or in a parallel way like a proud dad. <laughs> It's like a proud DM. Nice, nice. When that happens. So anyhow, I'm just really excited about this. But do you have any parting thoughts or anything that you wanted to get in before we wrap this session up? I think we basically covered everything. It's just, I don't know, it was just a lot freer than I thought it was going to be. And that's really cool. Awesome. Any words of encouragement for anyone else who may be struggling with the decision of giving it a shot? Yeah. Go for it. Your players don't know what you've prepped and what you don't unless you tell them. And they're going to have fun whether they're talking to this really intricately crafted character or whether they're talking to like some random shopkeeper with a quirk. Like it's it's the world, it's a world to have fun in and it's it's supposed to be fun, so have fun. 
Cool. Yes. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm going to say a few things here just to wrap us up. You're going to be on our next episode. We're going to talk about some monsters, and that's going to be fun. So look for that in your podcast feed. As always, guys, if you want to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, visit our website, visit us at conventions. We're going to be at Winter Fantasy here in a couple weeks, so we're excited about that. Reach out to us. We're always excited to talk to people who are content creators, who put things up on the DMs Guild, who run their own games, who write their own games. If you would like to reach out to us and and have a conversation, we'd love to do that. If you would like to reach out to us and maybe donate some really nice maps to us for us to use in our games, we would love to talk about them also. And I'm not just trying to mooch beautiful maps off anyone. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week. See ya. Bye.